Despite declining inpatient volumes in the healthcare industry in recent years, due to more advanced surgical techniques requiring less post-surgery hospitalization, changes in reimbursement models, and more, access to inpatient acute care remains critical in rural communities. While the lower volumes put strain on the financial infrastructure of hospitals, the physicians and advanced practice providers who deliver this care every day see the impact of rural health firsthand. So, how do we deliver the best inpatient care possible in a challenging rural environment? With highly skilled providers, excellent patient experiences, and a personal touch. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 28 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and CEO of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. We've talked about the various aspects of healthcare in the rural environment on the podcast before, uh, but today we're really digging in deep to what many think of as a traditional hospital care, and that is inpatient acute care. And today we're joined by one of our very own who practices this type of medicine and also oversees it. You know what, Rachel, today I'm honored because we are joined by a guest in the studio who is not just a guest, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, Dr. Shooker, a medical director of hospital medicine here at Hillsdale Hospital, has joined us. And I want to welcome you to the podcast this morning. Well, thank you. Thank you. Actually, the honor is all mine. Uh, I mean, over the years, we've we've grown a little closer. We're like brothers now. We are. We absolutely are. We've been through a lot, Yes, we which have. we'll talk about, I'm sure, in just a few minutes. So to start then, uh, we know you guys have a little history. So Dr. Shooker, why don't you tell us about your history? Tell us about you, your background, your work at Hillsdale Hospital. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Dr. Sugar. Ali's my first name. I'm born and raised here in Michigan, Dearborn to be exact. Uh, I'm a Michigan fan, but although I went to Wayne oh, State undergrad. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, probably when this podcast is being aired, we'd won the national You've won the national championship? championship? Uh, yeah, probably. Obviously. Yeah. Mm. In basketball. Well, we'll see. I think one of our other guests uh, would, or... would fight you on that. Yeah, Sam Chen yeah. from episode, I, I don't know, 23 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe. I got them all running all my brackets. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see how that works out for you. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, grew up and raised, went, went to Wayne State undergrad. I also went to the Caribbean for medical school. I did my training at St. Joseph Mercy, Oakland, uh, there in Pontiac, Michigan. Um, and I applied here. I, this is my first, this is, honestly, I always tell everyone, um, they always ask, oh, you, what's Hillsdale? When I say I work in Hillsdale, Michigan, they're like, where's Hillsdale? You know, why Hillsdale? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was like, you know what, to be honest, this is the only place I ever applied. I, I called in. Um, I, fi- I had a friend of mine working here uh, previous to me. He was a year ahead of me residency when my residency tenure was coming up. You know, as a physician, you know, it's like where do physicians apply for jobs or look for jobs? So I call, called upon him, and he told me, oh, uh, they're looking for someone here to replace him because he, he had put in his uh, leave of uh, uh, notice to leave. So I told him, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. And then the next day, Tressa called. Uh, we all know who Tressa is. <laughs> we do. My wife. Yeah. <laughs> practice she, manager at the time for the yeah, hospital's She program. was the practice manager for, for the hospital's group at the time. She did call. Um, she took down my information. She goes, when would you want to come for the interview? I came two days later. Um, halfway through the interview and, you know, the walk through the hospital, um, kind of looked at her and said, okay, I'll take it. And you know what? He hasn't looked back yet. And uh, since that day... Um, I'm proud to tell this story, which I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story about you, okay? That uh, before I really knew him well, uh, I had the opportunity to be out 
grocery shopping, and I had someone come up to me, a prominent member of our community, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, approached me and said, start talking about the care that you know their loved one received while in the hospital. And then proceeded to tell me about this doctor from Hillsdale who made visits out to their house and then made a visit to this patient community member at another hospital. And I was highly confused. I'm thinking, well, yeah. what, does he? Does this guy moonlight somewhere else? And and I soon discovered that the trait of this guy is something remarkable for the patient experience. He not only takes great care of our patients, but he invests in their lives. This is Dr. Shooker, who goes out to the homes of some of our patients to make sure that they're taken care of, they're mm-hmm. doing well, visits them in other tertiary centers and hospitals when they're transferred from here. And that's a true story. And that really led me to believe this guy is the real deal. Mm -hmm. He's not just here for a paycheck. He's not here just to, you know, see his name up on the lights. He's here to take good care of our patients. And it has created a remarkable program for our hospital uh, through this hospital's program. Because, Rachel, Mm -hmm. before we had Dr. Shooker in, in the hospital, we had our community physicians who were exhausted at times, having right. worked all day in their practice, five, six, seven o'clock at night, coming in and rounding in the hospital, you know, looking at orders, writing orders, you know, ordering tests, and they would spend all of their time here, no quality of life. Mm-hmm. And we went with a, a program that would allow these physicians in the community uh, to have a respite. And in doing that, we brought a hospital's program here. As a result of this hospital program, we have Dr. Shooker, who is a medical director of the program and also the shining example of what a hospitalist should be. Mm-hmm. Now, now, not all hospitals get it right. In fact, there's a lot of divisions between hospitalist programs and the emergency department, community docs. We don't have that here. We are now on the same page, and it's remarkable. So welcome to the show, Dr. Shooker. I know that was a, a great introduction of you, but it's all 100% true and, and meaningful. So now that we've had a chance to, to hear a little bit about your background, um, this is really your, your first directorship. Um, you know, we, we like to do something on this program by asking what we call the why, okay? So in other words, uh, we want our listeners to know just a little bit more about you in a personal nature. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. What is your why? What motivates you? What gets you up out of bed in the morning? Really, it's the, the challenge of medicine. It is, the, it is the constant daily not knowing what I'm walking into and knowing that the, the challenges that lie ahead of me. And I'm always up for that challenge. It keeps me going. I, I'm not someone that's used to mundane or, you know, work that's, you know, scheduled. I, I, like, I like things getting thrown at my way and trying to handle well, in rural health, Dr. Shooker, you get it all, right? Yeah. So you get the low end, you know, lower acuity, you know, typical taking care of local medicine. But you get your hands tied up in in all types of critical. Absolutely. I mean, especially in the last year is a prime example. Uh, I don't have to go and tell you all last year. We're, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But right. The stuff that we saw walking through a door. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always a challenge to someone seeing them at their worst to make them better mm-hmm. and, and being responsible for that and helping them make a difference in their lives. Um, I think it's, it humbles me at my core when I, you know, and I, since we've been telling stories previous, I mean, this was early on in my, when I started here, um, there was a, you know, I had a pay, Checker Records used to have this uh, um, rock 
when they close the street off, they do the yeah. concerts in the, in the streets. I was standing out there one day, and you know, I just walking driving by. Uh, so I thought I'd go down. I was sitting at, I was leaning against the building, just minding my own business because I didn't. I was fairly new. I didn't know anyone in the crowd, or you know, I just wanted to listen and see what was going on. Just observe the whole community as they come together, which was really, you know, something. And then, I someone taps me on my shoulder, and I turn around. It's this uh, teenage kid. Uh, he looked at me, and goes, "Hey," and I recognize him right away because you know i've seen him a month or two previous mm. um mm. his mother was in the hospital at the time and, oh. and and i got to communicate with him and the family all the whole time and then he, he goes you remember me i'm like yeah then instantly he he started tearing and i'm like then i'm trying to remember did i do something or did you know mm-hmm. was the outcome bad and he goes mm-hmm. i go hey he goes i just want to tell you thank you i'm like for what you know he goes you you gave me my mother back mm. mm-hmm powerful enough yeah i mean he goes for years she was she was combating this ailment that you know she was going from doctors to doctors to hospitals to other hospitals no one can figure out what's going on with her and she goes you're the only one that listened wow you got her what she needed you figured it out and now she she can be my mother again wow isn't that incredible story yeah i mean if that won't get you out of bed in the morning i don't don't know know what what will will. that's about to get me out of the bed in the morning just hearing that story happening here yeah it's like making a difference in someone's life and truly seeing what a difference you made you know initially like yeah you know Mm -hmm. you got them there but then later on the impact later on it's well well let me follow up with that okay so that's a remarkable story that would obviously be a reason for me to get up out of bed if people are coming up saying you saved lives. Um, but it's not always glamorous at times for that, obviously. it's a lot of challenges in rural health. So speaking of that, you were at a very large institution before you came here, mm-hmm. you know, and you're from a big town. You have like more than one restaurant, right? <laughs> and uh, if you want to get something to eat at two in the morning, you can just kind of do that. Uh, got a little bit of a social life. So you come to Hillsdale, young man that you are, uh, and you come to Hillsdale. And maybe not necessarily a lot to do, um, but let's talk about that because it is the biggest challenge that my peers in this industry have in rural health, uh, attracting top talent to rural communities because there's always this desire that bigger is better in healthcare and that bigger city lights are better. So let me ask you this question. You've been both places. You're a young man. Mm-hmm. Um, what led you to practice in a rural medicine setting? Like I said before, when I applied, I got it. Then, you know, there was the first couple months. It's like, okay, is this for me? You know, because I came from the glamorous lights, the yeah. fast pace of life, you know, around family, friends. I mean, at 2 in the morning, if I was hungry, restaurants are open. It's sure. click, click of the phone, have it delivered. Um, all types of ethnic restaurants, you know. Mm-hmm. But then uh, with anything in life, there's always a trade-off. Um, when I was when I started working here, I actually started moonlighting one or two shifts at larger institutions to kind now, of... what does moonlighting mean for our guests? Moonlighting is just picking up random shifts that, okay. uh, you know, right. working not on schedule, but picking up random shifts. Just sure. as needed at other need, places. Yeah, right. just, uh, so like you're, look, you're at other places, other big institutions, I big would say. Big other institutions in the Detroit yeah. area. Um, just to kind of keep the feel of the hospitals, the one that, I, you know, I'm coming from. But then working, at the ho- working here at Hillsdale and then compared to where in the big city, mm-hmm. the big city hospitals, it wasn't the same. I mean... It was more actually, I found it more comfortable working in the rural area because I felt more connected. Sure. You know, I was not just an employee and the patients were not just numbers in a bed. Mm-hmm. They're actually here in Hillsdale. I'm a person. I get treated like a person mm-hmm. from, I mean, you walk through the door, everyone tells you good morning. 
Yeah. In other institutions, you walk through the door, nobody says anything to anyone. Right. Everybody has their own tasks to do. Everybody's running from one job to another, from one patient to another. Nobody stops to say, hello, how you doing? How's it going? You know, oh, I've seen this on social media. You got married. Congratulations. You did? Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. I'm like, hey, you forgot to invite me. I thought you guys were like brothers. Okay, I'm like, hey. You weren't the best man? I think I'd be standing up on that one. Okay. By the time this is... uh, Okay. By the time this airs, I'll be Could there be? Oh, wow. This ought to be interesting. (laughs) Yes. So um, I felt felt more at home at Hillsdale, more as a person able to do what I do in a more relaxed environment, um, as opposed to big cities where you get lost in the crowd. Yeah. And being lost in the crowd, not just as a physician, the patients get lost in the crowd. And, you know, the following up on patients, going, visiting them, other, you can't do that in a big city. You're mm-hmm. always busy. You're always having things thrown your way. Mm-hmm. You have um, much more, uh, as I like to say, response, not responsibility, but in the form of you have more commitments you have to commit to. You know, Dr. Shukert, also there's a lot more accountability too, right? Because all eyes are on you. But what's been very remarkable about Dr. Shuker and his journey here is how well he's integrated into our community. Because we've had hospitals here before, but they come, they just do their time, and they leave the community. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who just this past fall uh, heard of a need in the community because of some boys that were out playing basketball, and they didn't have rims and nets. And so what did he do? He went over to the local store. He got some rims, some nets, and he went out himself, stood on the hood of his very nice car. I, I Just telling you, I wouldn't have stood on my hood. But he stood <laughs> on the hood of his vehicle to change out these nets at a, at a public basketball court. But that's the type of involvement that builds trust between our patients and our physicians. And I think that's that's key because when you consider going to a large institution, my mom went there not too long ago. As you know, she, she had some serious uh, illness and – you know, I'll never see that doctor again, Dr. No. Shooker. I'll never, I don't even, you know, he introduced himself and 12 attendees that were around him. And I don't even, if I was to see him tomorrow, I wouldn't know who he was. But we're in a different environment where in this unique rural life, you know, you're, you're, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And so is that a hard transition though? No, it's actually a much easier transition because as you said, when you, when you have a lot of people, when your mom was at the house, she has seen many, many physicians. Um, I like to say there's a lot of chefs in that kitchen, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to keep track. Yeah, uh, and it's hard for a patient to follow who's telling who oh, sure. what to take, what not to take. Well, she didn't like what they were cooking. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I mean, at <laughs> no, the end no. of the day, but, but but it's easier when 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 you're focused on one yeah. page and the patients you have you build this you, you build this relationship this continuity continuity of care. Right. Um, you know, I find it more appealing to patients where mm-hmm. they recognize me, you know, not just from the hospital, but just from the community. Because right. I do, I, I did integrate with the, with this community. And then the story about the changing the basketball rims, I like to play basketball. You know, we have a good park here, Ball Bassy, if I'm saying that correctly. Ball Bees. But that's Ball okay. Bees. Um, you know, when I, when I'm under a lot of stress, I like to go shoot some hoops. You know, we used to do it under the college, but, you know, with COVID, it was closed. So going to the park, I seen the, I like to hear the net swish. And then these rims had no nets. I've never heard that, by the way. I just, <laughs> I for whatever that. reason, can't get that ball in there. Huh, that's, but yeah. really? Oh, really? <laughs> I'll get you one of those little short rims. If you would, I would sure. appreciate it. So um, so I was like, yeah, you know, and during that time, there's not a lot of, I don't know if the city employees were working at that time because everything, everything was on lockdown. So I was like, you know what? 
I'll just go get the rims myself. And because I see little kids playing at the other side of the rim and they're just shooting in an empty net. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me go get them a net. So I went and changed them out. And as soon as I was done, like I remember I jumped off of my car, I jumped off the hood, and then there's, I guess, there's a middle school volleyball team was practicing and everybody started applauding. And really, I just... That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, I just did it so I can play basketball. But that's a, that's and, a, and that's have a it feeling there. of community. Yeah. You know, people appreciate things here for anyone. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. People, when they see something here in the community, they actually show appreciation right. for it. And that actually kind of goes into the patients as well. I mean, patient population in the rural community are much more appreciative. Oh, absolutely. And then the population, now not to say anything wrong is just you right. as a physician as a provider even in the healthcare worker patients i find in a, in the rural settings are more appreciative of care they mm-hmm. get sure and, and and they let it be known and it, and it helps build morale and it helps strengthen the why like you asked me earlier mm-hmm. of getting up is they they see you in the grocery store they say hey thank you for our, you know taking care of my mother right. or my my father it's like oh they remember right absolutely Right. You're, you're much closer to the work you're doing, I yes. think, in a rural environment. And that really gets into my next question, um, which and what what I think our patients love about Dr. Shooker is that so far he's talked mostly about relationship and very little about medicine, which yeah. tells you something it about does. the kind of guy it and does. the kind of physician that he is. Yeah. But if we talk about the clinical side of things as well, how would you describe some of the differences between rural and urban or suburban hospitals in terms of providing the the clinical side of the care itself and maybe the quality of the care? Because you've seen that from different aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to elaborate further on that statement because we're in 2021. Uh, access to high quality of care is literally at a pick of a phone. You know, it's true. Um, working at Hillsdale Hospital, just because you're in a rural hospital doesn't mean you don't have access to high quality care. Right. Um, you know, I learned being in the field of medicine, it, you, you have to build a lot of bridges, um, and those bridges connect to other hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, other services that, you know, may not be found here at Hillsdale Hospital, but uh, I have access to them by the pick of a phone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain services when I have patients that I, I uh, you know, after working them up, they need that extra level of care that we may not have here at this time. I'll just pick up the and call a specialist that they need and, right. get, and get their recommendations. It's just like the specialist seeing them in the hospital. And giving that patient's uh, ton of what I did and who, you know, that I talked to a specialist and, you know, from one of the big university hospitals and they're willing to see them in the office, like sign them up. It's like connecting that patient to uh, higher institutions from a rural setting. Right. So really in 2021, you really, you have access. You really you do. You, yes, you it, do. It, it's not that you, you know, access is taken away from you. It's just knowing how to... Um, pursue that access or how, yeah. to, how, how to gain that access. You know, so I often say on this program, Dr. Shooker, that we're independent as a hospital. Mm-hmm. We're a non-for-profit independent hospital. We're not belonged. You know, we do not belong to any major uh, systems, but we're interdependent, which means that the relationships that we build while we're independent is critical for the continuum of care for our patients. And and you've mastered that extremely a- well. Absolutely. I mean, your relationships with all tertiary centers and, yeah. and hospitals have been very important. So, Dr. Shooker, with that, you know, because this is a small community, 
uh, and we have a, a smaller patient population, do you feel like you get to know the patients here more for a clinical perspective than you would at a larger setting? And, you know, is it easier to remember and re- recognize, you know, them versus what you would see, you know, at a bigger institution? Because I think the quality of care if it can be personalized, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, you have this relation with them. Uh, you probably can tell me what was wrong with my mother last time she was in here, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know you can because uh, yeah. you've asked me. Yeah. And, but uh, but w- talk about why that's unique. It is unique. First of all, it helps that I do have photographic memory. Uh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it can I get some of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. W- which when I see a patient, I know what I did last time. Uh, if, I, if I need to remember, I'll just pick up a note, my note that I wrote because I always, you know, I become more detailed oriented of the next steps and, you know, it, 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 it expedites the care mm-hmm. where I'm not running unnecessary tests that I've ran before or, you know, trying to figure out something I already figured out. If a patient's coming with certain ailments, I already know, you know, their whole health history. It's like, okay, we're, we have this episode going on again. Um, we can start the care they need immediately rather than just waiting while we're trying to work them out, figure out what's going on. Um, it becomes, it makes my, it makes our job easier and easier on the patient where we're not exposing them for undue tests and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Right. Um, so, you know, knowing the patient's history and having that one-on-one connection, I can always pick up on, on the care where I left off last. And, um, you know, knowing what I did last time, you know, I'd always say, all right, we tried this. That didn't work. Now let's try something else. Um, and, and they always remember the conversations I had right. with them. Um, I always find myself, I always kind of pride myself in saying that I always kind of connect on the patients on their level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, from the medical aspect, I'm not always using medical terms when I talk to patients. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to um, talk layman's terms, trying mm-hmm. to make explanation of their conditions in the most basic way possible. Right. I always found talking about cars and, yeah. and other things relating their conditions and people always get it. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember you talking to me about that. And now for our favorite part of the show, the voice of the patient. 33 years ago, Karen's sister, Amy, got into a horrible car accident during her senior year of college. The car flipped over several times, and the accident left Amy nonverbal. After that happened, Karen and her mother became Amy's full-time caregivers. When Karen's mom passed away in 2017, she took care of Amy for 18 months until a spot opened up at the McRitchie Skilled Nursing Facility. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, But if you had to take your loved one somewhere, this is a great place to go, she said. It's so clean and nice. You can't find anything this quality. Karen had a brother who had Alzheimer's at a very young age, and he became more than you could handle at home. He was put in a facility in Ohio, and it was nothing compared to this, she said. It wasn't as clean. The staff wasn't as compassionate. There weren't as many activities. It wasn't as informative as it is here. Here, they treat you like a human being. Amy's been living at McRitchie for three years now. And prior to COVID, Karen would visit her sister every day. After the state imposed its visitation restrictions, Karen wasn't able to visit with Amy in her room. 
Much of the contact she had with her sister after that was through Zoom. It was quite a withdrawal at first when I couldn't come in every day, and that was pretty nerve-wracking. But I wasn't concerned, she said. Amy can be difficult at times to take care of. She's very complex, but they did an excellent job. They've done everything really well, so I'm happy. Karen said that all the people here at Hillsdale Hospital have been really great to her and Amy throughout the years. The doctors, all the nurses, you couldn't ask for them to be any better, she said. Hearing that positive experience, you know, it just reminds me um, of the value of the work that we do in healthcare as an industry and in taking care of people. Um, the stakes are really high a lot of times in what we do, but when we when we do it well, it can have such a huge impact on the life of our patients. Next time on Rural Health Rising Part 2 with Dr. Shooker, so be sure to tune in. And as a reminder, we are collecting patient testimonials to be featured during our Voice of the Patient segment. If you have an experience to share about the positive impact you or your loved one has had as a patient at a rural hospital or healthcare provider, call our direct-to-voicemail line at 269 269- 447-1265 or email us at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com and share your story. You just might be featured on a future episode of Rural Health Rising. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Dr. Ali Shooker, Medical Director of Hospitalist Medicine for Hillsdale Hospital. For more interviews like this and more information or to share your patient or family testimonial with us, visit RuralHealthRising.com. 